What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 126. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I need this drink early. Usually we save this for the patron section, but I'm drinking whiskey right now. I've had a, not a tough day, but a, a, a trying day. Uh, they're having rolling strikes here for uh, the teachers. Okay. Or the teachers are having rolling strikes here. There we go. That's a better way of saying it in English. Um, and so I had my son at home today, my son and my daughter. And they, they, they love each other, but they don't, get, they don't get along very well. So it's been a day of conflict and conflict resolution. Okay. And I'm ready to have a, have a drink. Okay. Um, I might have to join you just because I was telling you off off air before we got started. I had a very long work day. Uh, I was there for a very long time, and it didn't end well. So I, I'm ready to talk about the New York Islanders. Forget about the BS that work. That's what's the best part about doing this show. And I'm sure for the listener, too. I'm going to go into my diatribe a little bit. It's all going to go together. But this is a venting session for me, for Mitch, and it's a, like an hour escape from like my regular day. So I hope for the listener, too, that when you're listening to this, you could just forget about the BS job that you're about to commute to or commute home from and just enjoy the New York Islanders and escape from life for a little while. I hope you get that out of it too. That's all I wanted to say. Beautiful. Snap back, escape from reality. (laughs) Oop, there goes gravity. (laughs) What edition do you have for us for 126, Mitch? It's the 126 edition. And with that, our gimmick is that we pick a player who's played um, 26 games for the Islanders. Okay. And I'm going with Eric Manlo. Eric Manlo, your buddy. Okay. Uh, so we'll, we'll leave it at that for now. He played 26 games for the New York Islanders. At some point, someone listening may already know this, uh, but I'm going to ask you, Matt, three questions later on in the show about Eric Manlo uh, just to see how well you know who he is because, you know, we're experts. We should know all this stuff, right? I can't wait. Can't wait to find out more about, or I'm sorry, not to find out, to share my knowledge of Eric Manlow. It's going to be enlightening. Absolutely. So with that, let's jump right into it. We have some games to talk about. There were three games, and 
all three of them went pretty differently. So the first game, the Boston Bruins, uh, they lost in a shootout or overtime? Overtime. It was overtime, yeah. Yes. Overtime. Um, oh, God, why? I was going to call him Brad Marchand. It's Patrice Bergeron scored on the power play in overtime That's... because of Brad Marchand falling on his own foot. There you well, go. Not really, but anyways. It, they lost, but they were still able to pick up a point against a really good team in the Eastern Conference. So while, yeah, obviously I want the two points, I was all right with, with them picking up a point against Boston. Yeah, specifically in the way that it went down, right? Like there's a whole Chris Wagner thing laying on top of Jordan Eberle late in the game. Um, there's, I think we were, just the, the way that we, we managed to, to generate offense, and at least enough offense against a, a pretty stingy team, maybe not as stingy as we are, but at least stingy enough, uh, and and then the way we lost in overtime really kind of stung because uh, that was a weak call for the the refs to make specifically in overtime where they don't usually call anything whatsoever. So we're gonna get to the refs. I'm not gonna go and lose my mind on the refs just yet. We'll get to them. Yeah, and maybe not just the refs specifically, but anyways, we'll get to them. Yes, more more on that later. But that was definitely a big storyline. The next game the Islanders would play was on the road at Madison Square Garden against the New York Rangers and. That was an unmitigated disaster. Uh, by the way, we should get the plug out. You, you know it's coming, but patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. We do all post-game shows there, so you get our initial live reaction, which I, I think is what makes it so unique because it's pretty. we record 20 minutes after the game, if that, and it's just how we felt about it, and we were both in bad moods, but I think it was a venting session that Islanders fans needed. I know I needed it. Mitch needed it too. Uh, they played like garbage, Mitch, that game. It, it was rough. It was absolute garbage, right? It was a, uh, what is it, a tire fire in a bus hitting, a, getting hit by a train or something like that. The most calamitous, uh, apocalyptical like nightmare you could ever uh, witness. Not only did they lose 6-2, but then Artemi Panarin puts up a fiver. Ridiculous. Yeah, it was like, uh, it's bad enough that you got to lose to one, your cross sound rival, two... The first two minutes of this game went really well for the Islanders. They got a goal on their first shift from Jordan Eberle, 18 seconds in. Then there was a fight from Ross Johnston. And then Matt Martin takes a game misconduct because he drops the gloves too early. And from there, the, what, other 58 minutes of this game was awful? It was. And it's not just that we lost our crosstown rival. We lost our crosstown rival who's at a very different crossroads in, in their season, right? Or not even in their season, in, in, in their kind of like, ether, what's the word I'm looking for here? Just where they are in terms of a hockey team or the, the, the competitive level of their hockey team. There it is. They're at a different point in the competitive level of their hockey team where the Islanders are competing for maybe not championships is, is, is a... It's a big word to use, but I'm going to use it anyways. Like they're at the top of the NHL, whereas the Rangers are still trying to dig themselves out of the hole that they they rightfully put themselves through. They're still not they're not aiming for playoffs. They're still selling off pieces and amassing talent. Uh, and they're doing it well, to be fair, uh, but they have no business putting five or four. Uh, up on the Rangers, on the Islanders, and I mean, by my name, four, four more than we did. They right. had no business doing that, and they did that. Uh, it was embarrassing. It was everything you needed to be to feel like garbage the next day. No, that was a rough one, and honestly, it helped that the Islanders played the next day. And you, we'll talk about that game in a second. But the point being, I need to get that taste, and the Islanders too need to get that taste out of their mouths right away. Could you imagine sitting on that game for two days? 
I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't imagine anyone who like like you who lives on Long Island and has to go to work with what I would imagine are probably Rangers fans right there. Like I don't have to go to an actual job. And even when I did, I didn't have Rangers fans to deal with. They didn't even know I was an Islanders fan. They probably didn't even know who the Islanders were. If it's not the, the Leafs, the Habs, <laughs> or the Sens, they don't know what's up. Um, That's funny. So I, at least I didn't have to deal with that. But yeah, for you guys dealing with that for two days, oh, that's going to suck. Any trip to the water cooler is a nightmare. No, it it is, and it, yeah, it's the whole. You could look do the look at the standings gimmick and stuff like that, but it's embarrassing. A six two loss, and they they played awful. If you lose a three to two game in overtime, okay, what I mean, obviously you want to win, but if it's competitive, that was just awful. And then, like we said, on top of that, Artemi Panarin, who used the Islanders in free agency for leverage to get more money out of the Rangers, put a five spot right in our fat face, and it was awful. It was. It was everything. Yeah, it was as awful as it could possibly be. It couldn't get any worse than that. Sorry, maybe Matthew Barzell picks up a season-ending injury. That's about the the worst it could have gotten, and it was just you know not too far off from that. No, it was really rough. But the next night, last night, the Islanders put on a clinic and they beat up on the atrocious Detroit Red Wings eight to two. We had goals from Leo Komarov, who hasn't scored a regular season goal since January 20th of last year. Almost 365 days, which is insane. Uh, Bailey hasn't scored, hadn't scored since December 9th. And Beauvillier hadn't scored since December 14th. And Noah Dobson hadn't scored at all, ever. Yes, thank you. Sorry, I forgot about that. There's so many goals and so many storylines, I forgot about (laughs) Noah Dobson, which was a very big one. But Dobson gets his first, too. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of guys who hadn't contributed were finally contributing. And thank God we played the Detroit Red Wings. Like, imagine if it was, oh God, I don't know, like St. Louis. Or Carolina. The next day. Or Carolina. We know how bad of a matchup Carolina is for the Islanders. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that would have been terrible. But we got Detroit, the worst team in the league. They have, I think, since the first coach firing, there have been seven coaches fired this year in the NHL. They've won five games. Wow. Yeah. So think about that for a second. It's it's awful. It's absolutely terrible. They beat up on them. Uh, they, they played well. And, and what's important here isn't just that they scored eight. It's that they didn't play down to the competition like we've seen them do countless times. Right. Against Montreal, against Nashville, against, oh, God, uh, what are the teams that they lose to that was just bottom feeder team? Well, even Buffalo. New Jersey. New, New Jersey, Jersey where yeah. they lost, what is it, like 2-1 or something stupid like that? Yeah, like, and even Buffalo to an extent. I know they won the game yeah. in overtime, but they didn't really. that. They almost blew it. The Matt Barzell, that was the Matt Barzell penalty game, right? That's right. Anthony Bovilli saved them on that one. Exactly. Wasn't that the 14th? Yeah, it was. That, that was a disastrous <laughs> day, by the way. Yeah, it was. So um, it, it was great to come back for it. Not only did we get to put the game behind us, you know, even if we lost this one competitively, it would have, been, it would have helped uh, the cause from the last game. Uh, but at least it, it helped get the, uh, the the stink off of us immediately. Although it changes nothing going forward for the Islanders. <laughs> it really does nothing. No one's going to be like, well, they don't need a scorer now. No. no they still need scoring. Yeah. It just changes nothing. Oh, yes. More, more in depth on that later. But we just wanted to give you the context of what we were going to be talking about this weekend, the three games that happened. Uh, and like we said, it couldn't be three different games. I mean, obviously, the, the first one, a shootout loss, but you play relatively tough against a, a really quality team. You're like, okay, it's a loss, but we'll take it. The next one against the Rangers, embarrassing, like we said, and then a complete murder of the Detroit Red Wings. I, I almost felt... Jimmy Howard is awful. I, I, I feel bad for him at this point. He Mitch. is awful. 
He had a 571 save percentage against the Islanders. And he played for like eight minutes. That's true, right? <laughs> it's so bad. He let up three goals on seven shots. But Calvin Pickard wasn't any better, right? Like he just faced more rubber. Yeah. That's it. No, you're right. It's crazy. So uh, we just want, like I said, we just wanted to give you the the games and stuff like that. So we're going to get into our next topic, Mitch, which if you noticed over the last few weeks, the Islanders have had a little bit of a different strategy. They're shooting the puck a lot more. Now, Barry Trotz always says, what do you want? You want the quality of shot over the quantity. Well, the quantity has skyrocketed and the goals have gone down. What is happening, Mitch? I don't know what's happening here. (laughs) It doesn't make it like they are shooting more, although the last two games they haven't. So maybe a little bit change in strategy here over the last two games. Uh, although, with that being said, there's an Aldo to an Aldo. Um, the, the stats are kind of skewed over the last two games, specifically the very last one against the, the Red Wings, because we know the Islanders didn't necessarily, I'm going to use the word, compete in the third period. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they had already run up a score, I would think it was 7-1 by that point in the third period, and they scored their eighth one. It's, uh, it bounces off the Zamboni door. Like, there's complete flu goal that should never have ever existed in in. in ever but they got it anyways uh, they weren't really competing it was all Detroit all day in the, in the third period so right. when you look at some of the stats it's a little different uh, but even then like the Islanders had 22 shots for uh, five on five compared to the 33 by Detroit and then the 29 to 32 compared uh, to the Rangers the day before but before that they're hitting like 31 31 39 against the uh, the Devils 36 against the Bruins like they're out shooting their opposition by a lot right which isn't something the Islanders do uh, and with that, they're getting that uptick. Actually, you said scoring is down, but like it's going up right now. Their expected goals for is averaging one point seven nine, which is the highest it's been for uh, some time now. Seven one was the lowest. Uh, God, when was that? Uh, since the Blue Jackets, right? Since they lost to the Blue Jackets on December twenty third. Okay. So it's been trending upwards for the last little bit. Their expected goals for uh, same thing when it comes to high danger chances. It's not going up by a lot. But it's trending upwards. So this strategy seems to be paying off at least in the short term. It didn't work against the Rangers, but like that wasn't a strategy effort. That was an effort. Sorry, that wasn't a loss based on the strategy. It was a loss based off of the effort that they played. I get my if you're excluding the Red Wings game, because we could probably agree that that's an outlier, right? Sure. Yeah. So for one, the last one, two, three, four five, six games previous to that, they only eclipsed eclipsed two goals one time. And I think that's my issue with the... uh, When I said that it's not working in the sense that, yes, they're getting more shots on on goal. And I know that the when you look deeper, the numbers are going up in terms of expected goals for. But I think that's going to lead into our conversation about the the whole finisher thing, getting, getting a finisher. Absolutely. So so that's the thing. With expected goals for, all that's telling you is that based off of where they're shooting and the type of shots they're taking, based on the, on the model, I'm using the natural stat trick one here, and I'm not, I'm not first on their ins and outs, although I know it's in their glossary somewhere. Um, based off the quality, where the shot is coming from, the type of shot that that player is taking, uh, it's... It represents the quality of the, the shot that's being given, and so it's... A, it's a, how do I say this? I'm stumbling over my words. It's 
a fair representation of the type of quality that they're putting forward in terms of their shooting, which is what Barry Trotz is preaching, like you said earlier, right? right? Is we want more, we don't care about the quantity, we care more about the quality. And what we can see right now is they are taking more, they're giving more quantity, but they're also getting more quality, which is a good thing for them. I think what they needed to do is just get their shoot, their, their stick sighted, which is really just get the puck on net, just get the puck on net, get used to getting it towards the net, and now start, start taking your shots. Start taking the shots from where they matter. Now that you're getting into position, you have a feeling for where the net's supposed to be, which they should already do because they're professionals. Uh, but it seems to be working right now, I think. Yeah, I definitely think so. My, I'm just, I pulled up their schedule and stuff like that from recent games. And since the new year, you have uh, one goal, zero, one, four, two, two, eight. So you have two games where you had really good offensive output. And there were other games mixed in, like the Toronto game was def is a weird one that sticks out. I know we're going further back here, but on the on the subject of how you're playing versus the final result, I guess if that makes sense. They in that game specifically, they had a, a decent amount of shots, if I'm not mistaken, against Toronto. And the goalie play was okay, but they just weren't able to finish, which is my biggest I guess issue with that so that that's the thing it gets back to what you're saying earlier is that um the reason they lost the toronto game was it was a talent issue right they lost because the talent on toronto is shown through uh more than the talent in in uh for the islanders which we already knew like on paper there's more talent in toronto than there is on the island we already know that that's undisputable uh that's fine uh, but the Islanders did outshoot them, right? The, by 10, like in terms of five on five shots, four was 31 to 21 for the Islanders. Yeah. So that that's great. That's, that's what we're looking for. They just didn't win because like, well, their expected goals for were, or is it uh, 1.89? Sorry, 1.55 to the 1.89 for the, for the Maple Leafs. The quality wasn't there. They're outshooting them, but they're not shooting with any sort of quality. They generated, or they should have generated uh, just two goals. Rounded up to two goals, they right. did none. That's that's so the issue. You get someone who's talented. That's probably actually what's going to happen. Yeah, which I mean, I feel like this is going to be the topic of conversation just about every single week until the trade deadline, which <laughs> and probably afterwards, and probably afterwards also. Uh, but but it's a necessary one, and I mean, frankly, most of everyone online who's talking about the Islanders is talking about this anyway. So I think it, it makes sense to bring this up, but. Yes, I think we could both agree that we are happy the Islanders are getting more shots on goal and more quality shots on goal. But it's also frustrating in the same breath because, yeah, the chances are getting better and they are getting more shots, like we just said. But it's not necessarily changing dramatically outside of the eight-goal performance, obviously, which is just ridiculous. But other but than then that, it's the, the, the Detroit Red Wings lulls. Like. Right. But you're... You're not necessarily seeing the results, I think, is what I'm frustrated with. Well, what do you mean by not seeing the results? Like, what results are you looking for? More goals or well, more wins? Because, like, both. the wins are, are, are there. They're under 500 since the calendar start, the, the calendar year. Right, but they're still, like, the fifth best team in the NHL. I, I understand that, but it's because they got themselves out to a 17-point streak. 17-game-point streak. Yeah, absolutely. So that I think that's my. I, I, I'm not. I, I'm going to say concern, not that I'm 
annoyed with it or anything like that. It's just that when you see one goal, zero, one, four, two, two, eight over the, what is that, eight game sample size? It, Something like that. I didn't, I didn't count the numbers you were putting out there, but sure. Yeah. Let's just go with that. I'm trusting your numbers on the eight games. Seven. Yeah. So, which coincides with Adam Pellet going down, right? Yeah, it does. It does. Um, and, and that's where we, we've talked about it before. Like the, stra- the strategy changed a little bit when Adam Pellick went down because they couldn't do the same things defensively uh, as, the, as they used to do uh, as well with Adam Pellick out. They could probably still do it, just not, not to the same extent, which necessitates them having to go forward a little bit more, uh, which they're doing. Uh, but like you rightfully pointed out, they don't have the talent to put away the chances that, that they're creating. Like they're, they're just not at that level yet. Uh, and they need someone to ha- to push them over the edge. They they really do. Uh, who that is remains to be seen. Like I, I'm not convinced, and we'll get to the names out there a little bit later. Some of the names, n- none of them kind of like get my engine going. Uh, absolutely none of them. Not even like the number one player that's available. I'm not like, yes, let's get that guy. I, it's more of me settling to bring in someone because I want them to bring in someone, which I don't think is the healthiest approach to have. No, it. I mean, and they, we're going to get into that conversation, but it, it all depends on it depends on the price too. Yeah. Okay. So let's put a pin on that conversation instead of like teasing it the entire time and not talking about what we want to talk about. Right. Um, so the shooting strategy, <clears throat> it's a fine one. It seems to be um, yielding results, but they haven't been able to put away those results. Right. Like, so the, again, the expected goals for is going up. The high danger chances are even going up. So the, the quality is going up. They just need someone to put away that quality. And we'll get to that a little bit later. Right. Like we oh, can yeah. both agree on that. 100%. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, anything else on the Islanders shooting more and their strategy? No. Uh, is it a good strategy to have? Yes. yes. Uh, but it really hinges on the fact that I'm getting someone to put those goals away. Like, it's great that you're taking shots from the slot, but if you got someone like, I don't know, Tom Kunakle taking them, that's not great. No. Who led the team in ice time against the Red Wings? Yeah, great point. Sorry. Led the forwards in ice times in ice time against the Red Wings. <laughs> great point, Mitch. That, that's a great point. Uh, so with that, coming up next, what we're going to do, we're going to get into, is there a bias against the New York Islanders? We try to answer that question and more coming up next. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, it certainly seems like there are at least signs where you could make that comparison, whether it be a a little bit drastic or or not, is up for interpretation. But it seems like the Islanders don't get a ton of love from the referees. Is that fair to say? Uh, I think the 99 total power play opportunities on the season, which ranks the lowest in the NHL by 24, really puts that into perspective. Again, they have 99 power play opportunities on the season compared to the Anaheim Ducks, who have 123. The Anaheim Ducks are ranked 30th in the league in power play opportunities. Yeah. That's insane. They have 24 fewer power play opportunities than the next worst team, I guess you could say the worst at generating power play opportunities. How is that possible when you have Matthew Barzell, who should, by just of his essence, be generating a power play at least once a game? Yeah. At least once. 100%. Yeah, at least once. You're right. How is this happening? What is going on here? Well, I looked last year because I wrote something on this. The Islanders were in the bottom half of the league last year in terms of drawing penalties. They weren't the 
at the exact bottom, but they were bottom seven, if I remember correctly. Now, with essentially the same roster, I don't see how you could drop that dramatically. Like, they aren't even remotely close to the pace that they were on last year in terms of power play opportunities. No, they're putting them away at a better clip, right? Like they were right. at a fourteen point five percent last year, and now they're at nineteen point two as it stands. Mm-hmm. Like that—that's pretty good. Um, but that means they've only scored nineteen power play goals on ninety nine opportunities. Like that's not enough. If they're getting just even average, even average—not not even average—even if they're getting another twenty four, we're talking about another two goals, right? Yeah. No, that's that's a good point. Yes. Is it not even? I think it's more than that. So 120, uh, 123. 23.6, so four. Four, okay. It makes a difference. Five, rounding it up, sorry. Five to round up. Another five power play goals to go around. Does that win us a couple of hockey games? Probably. And then we're a much better team in the standings if we're winning a couple of hockey games. Although, like, I'm I'm not complaining about the standings, whatever. No, yeah, obviously that's... That's not what we're looking to do here. But I, I think the point may, remains, when you look at every single team in the league, 30 of the teams have over 100 power play opportunities. There's only one. Well, there's well over 100. Well over. Like we said, it's not even remotely close. One, What is it, 123? Yeah. 123, Anaheim is the next closest. That's a huge difference. It's not like they played <laughs> 20 more games than the Islanders, Mitch. They play roughly the same amount of games, and they have 24 less power play opportunities. Are you really, am I supposed to believe that when teams play against the New York Islanders, they just don't slash, they don't trip, they don't take boarding penalties? Like, they just realize, hey, we're playing the Islanders, clean game tonight, boys. Is that what I'm supposed to believe here, or is there some intentional or unintentional bias here against the Islanders right now? I feel that there there is, and obviously that we're wearing a Homer hat, so like we're gonna feel a little bit more. But when you look at plays like the Chris Wagner planking on top of Jordan Eberle for what feels like fifteen hours, and the ref is down in the bottom of the corner going like, "Hey boys, can you break it up here? It's not time to lay down on the game. Let's get going." And then they call a softy from Brad Marchand like ten seconds later in the overtime. Yeah, what the hell is going on there? You when you look at that, you're going like, "Come on, man." That's rough. That's that's bad. You have to call that. That's interference. He's laying on top of the guy. What are you doing? Yeah, I, d- I don't know. And it, like you said, it wasn't like a couple of seconds. It, it was forever. And the referee saw it, too. He looked at it. Chris Wagner turned around. Islanders legend, by the way, Chris Wagner. <laughs> turns around, makes eye contact with the referees, and is like, am I going to get a whistle right now? Is his hand up? No? Okay, I'm going to continue laying here. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going for my stick that I conveniently dropped on the other side of Jordan Eberle. I'm just going for my stick that I can't possibly get to without laying on top of Jordan Eberle. Come on. I don't know. That one really stood out. There's been other ones that have stood out since, you know, we've been doing this and, you know, this year. But I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't have a good answer to this question. But I want to get back to the Boston game in, in, in a second, so I'm just asking you to put a pin on the Boston game okay. for me, for, for my sake, so I can remember because I have a terrible memory. So, sorry, go ahead. Right. Pin. It just really seems, and I know that's, I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, and I usually hate blaming the referees because that's such a lazy excuse. But when it's that vast of a difference, we're not talking bottom of the league by five power plays. We're talking about 24 power plays. It's a big difference. 
So with, with that being said, I'm not I'm not pulling the pin out yet. I, I will okay. declare it officially. Um, there is something to be said about Matthew Barzell not getting the calls that he used to get. There's something to be said about the fact that he might be uh, might have been labeled. I'm not saying a diver, but at least a complainer or, or something. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Negative in the eyes of the referees. Whatever label they've given to Matthew Barzell, it's not a good one. Uh, and he's wearing it right now and he needs to break that. I don't know how. Maybe it's just not say anything to the referees, which is ridiculous. Um, but he's got to say that. I, I say it's ridiculous because you got uh, Matisse Ekholm on the Nashville bench just jawing at the referees all day. All day he's talking to the refs. Like he's he's actually gone to the media saying, like, guys, I'm going to try not to talk to the referees as much anymore. Meanwhile, Matthew Barzell can't say a word or else he's not going to get any calls ever forever. Amen. Which I don't. Come on. I don't like that either because then, like, I understand. Like, let's say. If in this hypothetical world that Matt Barzell is talking, saying things to the referees that they don't like, now they are in the back of their head going, hmm, I don't really like Matt Barzell, so he's not going to get the benefit of a call, so I'm going to swallow my whistle. It's, that's, that's the definition of bias. It shouldn't be like that. It's either that he's drawing at them and they don't like it, or they, they've labeled him maybe a diver and they think that they're, he's constantly trying to con them into a call. And they're just saying, like, I don't believe you anymore. Right. Like, they'll, they'll give the benefit of the doubt to, like, Sidney Crosby because they believe him, which is ridiculous because it only seems to be superstar players that, that they, they give the benefit of the doubt to. Like, he's got to earn it. No, he doesn't. You should be applying the rule book. If he's if he's cheating, if he's trying to cheat you in a call and you've seen it, just call him. Just call him on that. There's a penalty for that. It's called embellishment or unsportsmanlike conduct. Just use those. You have tools at your disposal. That's a great point. Yeah, they could get an embellishment call. We've seen him. He's do done it, it already, year. right? Like he's already received at least one of those. Yeah, we've seen that how many times this year? Where it was, like, oh, the Islanders are going to go on power play. No, they're, it's going to be four and four because of embellishment. Right? Like, if you want to remove a behavior from someone, de-incentivize it. You de-incentivizing it by punishing it. And you punish it by applying the damn rule book. Jesus. That's what bothers me. This whole thing about the referees isn't the idea that, ah, we need to win more games. Ah, if only we had won more games. It's about the consistent application of the rule book, which isn't being done. That's that's my problem. And, and I don't think that this is something that's even biased towards the Islanders. I think you could talk, get onto any... Any like of the 30 other NHL podcasts for sorry, any other of the 30 podcasts for other teams. I, I'm saying this wrong. Well, what am I trying to say here for any other any other pot NHL podcast for any other NHL team? And they go. would say the same thing. The rule book isn't being applied correctively. Yeah. Correctively. Correctly. There you go. Correctively. My God. Jesus. OK, keep going. I'm going to stop talking for a second here. English. Stupid. <laughs> stupid words are coming out of my mouth. One, you're drinking whiskey. Two, English isn't your first language, so you got to give yourself a break here. Fair enough. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I'm always here. I have your back. Uh, Thanks. <laughs> but I think it's worth mentioning, though, that we bring this up. And I know it's come up a little bit more recently over the last maybe two games or so where people are looking like, hey, like the Islanders, they, they never get calls and stuff like that. Well, when you look at it and you see the vast difference between where – the team that's ranked 30th is and where the team that's ranked 31st is, which the Islanders, it's an alarming difference. And really all you can ask for, for the referees is, you know, they're human. They're not going to get every call, but just be consistent with what you call. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it, it really comes back to, like, again, the Chris Wagner thing. And this is going to be perfect for my transition here. Um, when they see it, call it. Like, why aren't you calling that in the third period when he's laying on top of Jordan Eberle? I know I keep coming back to it, but it's recency bias. It's fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. It's fresh in your mind listening uh, because we've all seen it. And it's been, again, recent. Uh, why don't you call that? Because you don't want to change the outcome of the game? That's unfortunately your job. That's a position you as an official are being put in because of the actions of the players. You're there to just ad- ad- administer and police uh, based off of the rule book. Right. If there's an infraction that you see based off of the rules that you've been told need to be applied, you call it regardless of what time it is. That's how it's supposed to happen. It's the players fault that are putting you in that position. Yes, the home fans are going to like it. It makes it uncomfortable for you. That is now the league's job to make sure that you are safe to do your job in an appropriate manner. And because they, they don't feel that they can, they being the rest. We have to pay for it, and 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 every other fan, obviously, because like we're not the only teams that are that receive this bias. It just seems that we're receiving the brunt of it because of, like you mentioned, the twenty-four power play differential between the two bottom teams in the NHL. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. It it really is. Uh, anything else on just the referees and? Yes, I'm taking my pin out. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought um, so the Chris Wagner thing. Was. I gift out something about Matthew Barzell and Brendan Carlo again uh, in the Boston game. Ooh. To me, it looked like Brendan Carlo had put his stick in Matthew Barzell's midsection as Matthew Barzell was getting on the power play or um, a breakaway, and I thought that was a call. I thought it was ridiculous that he should have called it. Oh my god, I tweet that out. I get a lot of responses, a lot of positive ones, like people reaffirming it, reaffirming it. So I'm thinking, all right, that's cool, whatever. I didn't look it over again. I didn't look it over. And then Boston fans got a hold of it, and then Toronto fans got a hold of it, and I'm going, oh, my God, what is happening here? And I see responses coming in. Then I look at it, and I go, you know what? That's probably not a call. That's probably not as ridiculous as I made it out to be. Uh, But I left it there. I left a tweet there because I need to learn from my mistakes, and that's how I do it, by keeping (laughs) having it put in my face. Boof, boof. Oof. So, yeah, there you go. I just wanted to vent that out there instead of having to, like, write up an, oh, my, I'm sorry, tweet. I just, you know, I don't want to add more fuel to the fire. I will put it here on, on our podcast. That was a bad tweet, but I'm not deleting it so I can learn my lesson. Okay. And on, honestly, I don't think it was a bad tweet in the moment because that's what you saw and that's what you put out there. And people agreed with you. People aren't going to agree with every single thing you put out there. That's a th- oh, I, I completely disagree with the tweet now. Like, looking back on it, and I go, like, that is not a call. That He's just defending there. But whatever, it happens. It happens. No big deal. Uh, you're not the first person to be wrong on Twitter. <laughs> I don't think I'm the last one either. <laughs> there are definitely going to be more stupid tweets in our future for both of us, not I, just you. Oh, I'm saying. God, yeah. I've, God, tomorrow's going to be a day. I guess maybe I'll maybe I'll put a stupid tweet tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow's a new day. <laughs> <laughs> With that, Mitch, let's move along to the athletic big board. So, as you know, the athletic puts out a ton of. Quality content, honestly, but they put out this big board, a list of people who they think are going to be available by trade. So what we wanted to do is go through that list, talk about the guys we want, talk about the guys and eh, maybe not so much. Let's get into it, Mitch. So there's a lot of guys on this list. There's a lot of guys that we obviously don't want. There's a lot of defensemen. We don't want defensemen. We don't need defensemen. Although right. I'm sure Lou goes out and gets one. If even it's going to be like Dennis Heidenberg on a PTO. Right, like he's gonna sign someone as a depth option. He's going to do it. It's going to happen. Why not? Like if it's Dennis I to bring in a PTO, like great. I have to give him like a couple of shekels of money to just like sit and pra- and practice with the team. Awesome, that's fine. Expanded rosters, who cares? Yeah, that's that's very that's very true. It's just the f- 
I don't know. It, the, the optics. Yes, I couldn't think of the word. Optics was the exact word I was looking for. Thank you. Um, but what we're looking for is a top six. Me specifically, what I'm looking for is a top end player. Someone who comes into the roster and immediately bolsters our star quality or our star, the count of star players that we have. We have one right now as a star player. We need at least another one. Um, but looking at this list, there isn't one. There's a lot of good top six options, right? Like second line guys, but there's no like surefire top line guy in, in this list of 27 players. And that's what bothers me about this list. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying that that's the reflection of the market is that there isn't a guy out there that is a top line player. It was Taylor Hall and that's it. Yeah, that is it. And I think the number one guy on that list is Chris Kreider. No, that's correct. It's Chris Kreider. Which Chris Kreider, like you said, he, he's a nice, he's a nice player. He's a good top six option. But if you look at his numbers, he's not setting the world on fire in terms of like what a uh, Taylor Hall could do or what an Artemi Panarin could do. Which is no, like he tops here. out at fifty three points. That's his best year, fifty three points. So you're you're getting a fifty point player, which again is good. If that's all we get, all right, cool, that's fine. And then, like you said earlier, it depends on the cost. But there's no like. Like you said, Taylor Hall plus, right? Someone more than a Taylor Hall. There's no Panarin in this, which is what Lou was looking for and should be looking for as a Panarin player. Mm-hmm. You get that, and this roster is complete, and we're a favorite immediately. It's yeah. just there's no one out there like that at all. Yeah, that's that's true. That, that, that and even true. Taylor Hall, that's debatable if he's even at that level. If he, yeah, at this point, right? Kreider, though, he's having a good year at 30 points in 45 games, 15 goals, 15 assists. Like, would I take him on this team? Yes. Do I think he makes the Islanders better? Yes. But it's a gigantic drop-off from, like, Stone last year, Hall, who got moved already, and Artemi Panarin, who the Islanders really tried hard to sign in the offseason, which is kind of the depressing point that, yeah, you're not going to get someone at that level. But I still think that even though it's like, okay, we can't get a elite elite player, I still think you need to make a move for somebody like a Chris Kreider, who's on that second tier, I guess. Right. I'll get to why that worries me later, but let's just like, you're right. Like we need, we need someone that can sit in the top six and guarantee production, right? Like we don't need guys to be like, ah, he, he could be something. We need guys with guaranteed production and, 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 Chris Kreider is that. He's going to get you top six production. Like He's on pace for 55 points this year on a terrible team. And his, his ice time is up. Like He's getting 17 and a half minutes on average per game, which is the highest in his career so far. Uh, but again, it's guaranteed production. And, and that's, that's really what we're looking for as a backup. Right? Ideally, it's a top-end guy, backup, guaranteed production. And, and that's what he is. And there's a few players on this, this big board that give you guaranteed production. So it's just that because because it's Chris Kreider and because he's a Ranger, you can forget about it. It's never going to happen. They've made three trades between the two of them uh, in, in what, 70, well, not 70 years, since 72. Like, it's not it's, happening. Yeah, it's uh, it's dumb. But you want to go through the list and go yay or nay on these guys? Okay, sure. That could be fun. Do, gimmick. do you have it open or do you want me to I, go through I have, the list? I have it open right here so I could do it. Okay. Chris Kreider, yay or nay? Yay. So again, I'm saying every yay is going to be apprehensive because it's not really what I'm going for. But in the spirit of like adding something, yes, yes, I would go you for would take him on. Yes, agree. Okay, Tyler Toffoli is number two on this list. Yay for the same reasons, if not uh, 
also because he's attainable, right? Yes. I agree. Yay. think it's possible. And for the cost of a second round pick and a prospect, which was the rumored cost uh, when this came out. Yeah, I'm, I'm all on board for that. Yeah, and he's likely to resign, right? He's at the end of his deal, but like you bring him into a club like this where he could, you know, play around and 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 uh, stay for a while. He might sign. He might resign, and that that's important. Where it's not just a rental anymore. You're getting a guy for cheap for a while. Yeah, I could I could see Tyler to fully resigning, right? Like I, I don't care if he doesn't, but at least you you got you've got that option, uh, and that's that's good. Okay, third is Alec Martinez. Pass. No defenseman. Defenseman. No. Fourth is J.G. Pajot. Absolutely, but I don't know if he's even going to be available. I'm with you. Yes, I would trade for him in a second. He's got playoff experience. He's having a great year, good on the penalty kill, really rounds out that third line pretty nice. It's just it's just not good. I, I don't see it happening. Ottawa needs a good PR feel, and, and this is a homegrown guy. Like He's not from Ottawa. He's from Gatineau, which is the city right next to it. Like Literally, okay. like... Twin Cities, they're, they're, they're stuck to the hip. There's a river that splits us. It's really like Long Island and, and, and Manhattan. Okay. Really. It's, short, it's Actually, it's a smaller river, really. <laughs> okay. The other river is a lot, not as big as, is it the Hudson? Or is that, I'm thinking the other side. I, you're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> what? I don't know. You live there. I know. I don't know. I just drive over the bridge. I don't I don't know what the body of water is. It's the East River. That makes sense because the East River is on the east and... Long Island is to the east of Manhattan. I don't know. I'm okay, look it up. Skipping away. <laughs> Anyways, I don't think JG Pash is available. Although, if we could get him, if he's available, you go for it. I just don't know if it's not going to. He's not going to give Lou the yes. I'll, I'll I'll sign or I'll be willing to sign an extension. Get uh, uh, you know a handshake. It's going to be like no. I, I kind of plan on going back, even if you trade for me, like the Ryan Smith kind of situation. Yeah, good point. Um, Brendan Dillon is fifth. Pass. Pass. Six is Corey Crawford. Absolute pass. We don't need another goalie. Agree. Seven is Sammy Vettinen. No, pass. Defenseman. Pass. Eight. Also, New Jersey's not going to trade to us, so like, lols. Eric Gustafson. Same. Isn't that also a defenseman? Defenseman for the Blackhawks. Pass. Jesse Pugliarve is Pass. Not, pass. Not what the Islanders he- need. I like I like him. I I would I would definitely do a Joshua saying for Jesse Puljujarvi trade right now. Uh, it's just he can't play. I don't know if he can play at the a, at the NHL level, but I, I would take a swing on it. But I, I wouldn't take a swing at him for acquiring him to help us in our playoff situation. I would just you know to further the talent pool. This is a third overall pick, wasn't it? Like three or four years ago, I could pull it up. Why am I pulling, uh, pulling it? not super long ago? It definitely wasn't super long ago. If I could type, that would help. Um, Pulisic-Jarvi was drafted fourth overall in 2016. Okay. So it's going on four years, fourth overall, 37 points on 139 games at the NHL level. Uh, so it's not a lot, but he's never averaged more than 13 game, uh, 13 minutes in a Jeez. in a yeah. season. So Not perfect. There's an upside there. He's a big body, 6'4", 201. Like he, and he's putting up numbers out in um, in Finland for Karpat. I don't. I don't have the numbers available right now because I didn't bring those up. That's. But like, yeah, we don't need to go no, to that. that. But wormhole. We don't look need. it up yourself. Elite prospect. He's putting up numbers. Or hockey DB. He's putting up numbers. I would go for it, not to help our playoff chances, though. No. Ten is Josh Anderson. 
I think about it. it. Depends on the price, right? Like this guy has twenty goal potential. Maybe not potential. I think he's even scored over twenty. He had twenty uh, recently. He had twenty seven last year. He's got one in twenty six games. <laughs> That's not good. One in twenty six. Uh, there's an upside, so we can probably get him for cheap. But yeah, twenty seven goals just last year. I, I you know I take it, but no, like again, no. it's it's a divisional rival. So I'm saying no. I don't. I, okay. Not no. good enough. Uh, 11 is Georgiev, which is going to be a no. Uh, Andre's case. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go for that. That's a defenseman defenseman. again, isn't it? Yep. Jake Gardner. No, he's 13. Ryan Murray. Defenseman pass. 15. Anthony D'Angelo. Defenseman pass. Also Rangers lulls. 16. Jeremy Bracco. Uh, no, like, it, again, not, not a guy that really does anything. Isn't he an AHL player? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just they don't have the room for him, but I, it's too risky. You don't know what he is at the NHL. Well, again, that's not a, like, boosting our NHL caliber. This is boosting our talent pool, which is, yeah, let's go for it as, as a talent pool move, but let's not go for it as a, we need to get this guy in. Right. So I'll say a tentative yay, but, like, all right. How about Jason Zucker? Yay. Yep. Uh, he's 17. I would say yay as well. He's got not a ton of games, 36, but he's got 24 points in 36 games. Yeah, he he had an injury. This I think he's injured right now, isn't he? Uh, I feel like. Uh, he just came back. He, okay. He's played two games since coming right. back. So he just came back. He's got no points, but he's got two games in. Uh, again, 24 and 36, um, but he's got 64-point potential in him and 33 goals. So yeah. he's he's a thir- a possible thirty goal score. Yeah, I think about it for sure. What about Melker Carlson at eighteen? No, isn't he a power like a penalty killer? I, yeah, he's a PK guy. No, depth forward. No, thank you. Yeah, so pass. Nineteen, Alex Galchenyuk. It's the Penguins, so they 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 might actually trade it, even if it's within division. Although probably not. It's, it's he's got some upside to him. He really does. He's really good on the power play. When he's got the opportunity, um, but it's clearly not working for him. So this is a reclamation project. So this is a team or a player that needs to go on a team where they could, like in Ottawa, put him on the top line where he can get a ton of minutes and, and flourish. But I, it's it's not for us. I, you took the words out of my mouth. I don't think this is the right fit. I like that he's 25. He's only 25 years old. He He is good on the power play, but I just don't think this is the fit. No, so absolutely not. No. Sorry. Um, Brandon Saad. I I definitely yay yeah no the two fifty three point season no okay well why not uh I don't think Cap he's been very good this year yeah no he's not very good this year he's got like twenty some odd points I believe for Chicago nineteen <laughs> close <laughs> eleven goals I uh, not enough pop. But he's got 53-point potential, right? He put up 52, 53, 53 in, in three back-to-back years. Yeah, and 35, 47, and, nine, and 19, and 36 right now. Right, playing on like on, on a bad Chicago team. I, I, I think about it. It obviously depends on the cost, um, but I think about it. But you are bringing in a $6 million guy. Yeah, that's... Don't love it. Uh, Sam, oh. Sam Bennett is 21. No, thank you. That's third-line center at best material. I'm good. Andreas Antonisiu. Yes. Oh, yeah, 100%. If you can get him out of Detroit, because like, apparently he's not Steve Eisenman's cup of tea, according to one NHL source, the Athletic says here. 
Um, so he's an RFA, right? Like uh, after this next year, I think even. Uh, I, I want to see up. his age. He's twenty five, so he's got he's got some controllable years remaining, if you want to put it that way. Uh, big body, right? Like well, maybe not huge, but six two one seventy seven. Maybe that's not so big. Um, he uses it. He has thirty goals just last year and fifty four points. Uh, he's not doing so well right now, but no one on Detroit is. So yes. there's that. That no, that's a that's a good point. He, yeah, he's twenty five. He's got only five goals so far this year. Uh yeah, I'd probably go yay. Yeah, he's hurt right now, but I don't imagine he's out long. He's got a three million dollar cap hit, and he's up for an, uh, a new contract next, like coming up. So he's going to cost something. That that adds it to the, the pool of players that we probably have to re-sign. That's true. Yeah. So it it depends on what we give up to Detroit, obviously. But um, I don't know. It, it, it'd be something I'd definitely be willing to look into. I think so, too. Uh, 23 is Zach Bogosan. Bogosian. Bogosian. I can't read. No. Defenseman. Zach Cassian is 24. No. Can, can, he can't put a point unless he's playing with McDavid. 25, Mike Green. No, defenseman. No, def- old defenseman. Bad defenseman. No. Yes. <laughs> 26, Wayne Simmons, pass. No, we got we got a better version with Anders Lee. Uh, 27, Kyle Turris. Yeah. I, I, it's it's like a backup J.G. Pajot. So long yeah. as um, Nashville like, takes at least 50%, maybe not at least, up, up to 50% of his contract. Because he's got six million dollars for the next like four years, I think it is. I might be wrong on the number of years, but he's he's got quite a bit of term left. Yeah, where, but where if you get he? that cap number down to like four million dollars a year, that's not a bad third line center guy. That's true. So he has four years after this at six million dollars. He's thirty years old, turning thirty-one in August, so just at the beginning of the season. Uh, so he'd be. 34 by the time his contract starts expiring, uh, which isn't crazy old, but it's it's old enough. Yeah, uh, he's not a terrible player. Like he really isn't. He's got what what this year? 18 points in 38 games. 18 divided by 38. Uh, he hasn't played a full season because he's been scratched a bit. Um, so like, let's even just do that over a full season. That we're looking at a 40 point player. Yeah, it's not the. It's not my favorite option on this list, but I would pro- I would take a flyer on him, I think. Yeah, if you can get him at a reasonable cost, then you bring him in. But it's just I'm not sure how reasonable that cost is going to be based off of the fact that they are going to have to swallow up up to 50% of his salary. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good point. <laughs> good. For the next four years after this. Um, yeah, I didn't realize it was four years after this. I thought it was four including this. That's five including this. Uh, don't love that. Backing off right? my like, yes a Let me bit. just recount again because we know how dumb I could be. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Five, including this year. Yeah, yeesh. Not my favorite. Yeesh emoji. <laughs> oh, boy. Is there anything else on this list? The list isn't complete yet because we don't know who all the sellers are yet. That's the thing. Oh, all, yeah, that, very true. Like, there's a lot of teams that are still in it. A lot of teams that have talent that, that could be given up, like Buffalo. There's no one from Buffalo on this list, but like, you, if you tell me that they're, they're going to miss a playoffs again, they, they might think of moving Sam Reinhardt if they can get something good for him. Yeah, I would, I'd be all over Sam Reinhardt. I could guarantee you that. Right? So 
and maybe that's just me speaking out out of turn but like if, if they're sellers that that's someone you look to um we'll see what happens again the seller list isn't complete yet so still still some time to go it's february 24th the trade deadline so we got just over a month to go absolutely uh so with that are you ready to get into the quiz segment mitch yes let's do it as you know, it's the Eric Manlo edition of the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode 127. So with that, Matt, I'm going to ask you three questions on your best friend for life, Eric Manlo. Okay. Question number one, what position did your boy play? He was a center. Oh, yes, sir. Good job by you. I remember, we talked about it on Christmas. All right, fair enough. So he's played 26 games for the Islanders. He's a center. How many points did he put up for the Islanders? He uh, had um, he had an eight point season. Oh, <laughs> close five. Okay. <laughs> well, you knew it wasn't going to be high, but that's all right. Okay, so uh, let me just get my list here. What's going on? Oh yes, there it is. Perfect. Last one. He won a championship. What league's championship was that? <laughs> God. Um. I'm going to say AHL. What is it? The Calder Cup? Yes, you got it. In 2007, he won the AHL championship with the Hamilton Bulldogs. Good. Two out of three Two of you and your buddy. I really think you're close friends. I told you. We brought it up. I saw him on Christmas. I was close. I, th- I thought he said eight points. He had five. I, I spotted him an extra three. I'm a good friend. What do you want me to say? You and 44-year-old Eric Manlow just hanging out. Yeah, we're just hanging out. A couple guys being dudes. What's wrong with that? <laughs> I love it. Oh, good job by you. Two out of three. That ain't bad, says Meatloaf. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I'm excited for that. That was a pretty good one, Mitch. That was a good one. I really thought I'd catch you with the uh, with the, the championship one. I thought you'd go like, I don't know, like the German League or something. But no, you went straight for the HL. Good job. Listen, I know my men. What can I say? <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> All right, Mitch. When we come back, we're going to get into the social segment and what's trending on Isles Twitter. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. Matt O'Leary alongside Mitch Anderson. We're talking trending stuff on social media. Mitch, what do you got for us in the social segment? First thing comes from the New York Islanders. They tweeted that out when they were playing the Detroit Red Wings at home. And it's Meet Virginia. She's a 94-year-old and loves the Isles. Thanks for being a fan since 1972, says the tweet. And this sweet old lady looks like everyone's grandma. Big Islanders sweater, and then she gets a jersey from Clark Gillies. Amazing. Yeah, that's the kind of content that you love to see. Yeah, just Islanders fan through and through, like not just for the young, for the old as well. Like amazing, love it. Yeah, that was a nice one. I, I like when they do stuff like that. That that was good. Yeah, you like you like to see it. And I think John Ledeck even showed up at one point, but he's not there in the video because you know he's always there. <laughs> cheerleading, cheerleader number one, John Ledecky. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. So this the next one I have is uh, it was from the Islanders versus Rangers game. I have a, I had a bone to pick. Uh, and I'm glad that Islanders MSG called this people out. So Isles MSG calls out Rangers MSG because Rangers MSG oh. tweets out roll call. How many Rangers fans do we have living in Long Island? Question mark. We just want to see something. Okay, Mitch, you can't say in Long Island. No, I it's, know that it, it, it's on Long Island. You don't live in an island. You live on an island, and. The Rangers are a New York team. I feel like you should know that. I understand. Maybe they're doing it to troll Long Island fools like me, where they get well, I'm gonna get we're all worked up. 
because the city people they're just saying like, oh, in Long Island, on Long Island, what's the difference? No, it, it, it matters. It, it's on Long Island. Anyone listening to the show lives from who's from Long Island lives on Long Island. Or they'll tell you the same thing, and it, it rubbed me the wrong way. And I'm glad the Isles MSG got back at him. Yeah, that that's a big thing. Like I I know not to do that. I I know I did it once, and then people were like, "Why would you say in?" I was like, "Oh, you're right. Like the island itself isn't a city. You live on the island. You live in a city. It's because people think Long Island is a city, or they don't realize it's not actually a city, right? It's actually <laughs> it's actually an island, and so they just spew that out. Yeah. But I, I think you're right. I think they're trolling. Like they 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 turn to their other Rangers buddy. Watch this. Types in send. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. I, it got me. I, I I did the same thing. So, you know, sometimes there's such thing as a good trolling, and that that's a good one. Yeah, no, that that definitely is. Do you have another one? Yeah. So I have two more after this. Or okay. sorry, one more after this one. Uh, this one is from Carrie Haber. Uh, everyone knows who Carrie Haber is at Haber Metrics. Uh, the memes about Isles trades are legitimately true. So all the negative memes about Islanders okay. trades. Since July 1, 2017, the Islanders have made a total of four trades. The players they acquired in those four deals, Christers Gudlevskis, the goalie, <laughs> right, who okay. they traded Carter Ver- Verhage for. Okay. Carter Verhage to the Tampa Bay Lightning, who recently scored a hat-trick in the NHL. Good job. Okay. Brandon Davidson who played 15 games for the Isles. Uh, thank God, Brandon Davidson, yep, who scored, like, I don't know how many own goals. I think three in 15 games. Yeah, good job. That's a good return on investment. Chris Wagner, who just laid on top of Jordan Eberle like he was a bedpost. A bedpost? A bed. There bed, we go. Yeah. And then Matt Martin, who's got 98 games played since the trade, obviously. Um, not really the greatest resume of trades. And this is across two GMs, mind you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, not great. No. Not great at all. Last good one was Jordan Everly, no? The last good one was Jordan Everly, yeah, for Ryan Strom. That's a good one. Yeah, I would uh, tend to agree that that was the last good one. <laughs> so, not great that the trade history isn't very <laughs> isn't very checkered for, like, we're going on almost three years now, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of success in the trade market, mainly because we're not dipping our toes into it very much. No. So, like, uh, people saying, like, we're not going to make a trade at the trade deadline. Yeah, there's, there's no reason to think we will because... <laughs> I, I really think that Lou's holding out for a Panarin type, and there isn't a Panarin type available. There really isn't. Heck, I don't even think there's one available at free agency. No, I don't think so either. So, like, you're really going to have to, like, sell or what's the word I'm looking for? Mortgage a lot of your future to get one of those players, and good luck getting one. Like, you, you really got to fall on a team who's looking to, to change everything, and there aren't a lot of them out there, if any. Well, I guess if Hall hits free agency, that's the guy. But even then, that's that's arguable if Hall is up there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, and if he's going to ask $10 million because he scored 94 points once, you're like, eh, maybe not. And I, I know. It, it's not easy. It's not an easy decision. It, it isn't. He's got a lot of work cut out for him, and that's why he's in the chair and we're not. That's true. But we can call him out for not doing his job if he doesn't do it. Boom. Absolutely. Uh, my last one, it's not necessarily Islanders related, but it's hockey related. So can we talk about Gerard Gallant getting fired? Because that seemed to come way out of left field today when I saw that. On yeah, the it really did, eh? Like, what the hell's going on in, in Vegas? And and the the uh, justification that they gave was ridiculous, wasn't it? Yeah, they said it was performance-based. They're three points out of first place. They lost four in a row, though. I. That's, that's a big-time panic move, if you ask me. And I like George McPhee as their GM. It's, he's not. It's Kelly McCrimmon now, the GM. 
Okay. Nope. I take it he, he, he got bumped up to like yeah. president or something like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't get that move at all. I think he's a good coach. Well, apparently not. I, I don't know what happened there. They're not clearly saying there's anything, you know, uh, he's not beating players or, or, or you know, uh, have some unsavory uh, habits outside of the ice like Jim Montgomery did. Right. Um, but but it seems like it was a performance thing. And and what Kelly McCrimmon said as well was like, well, it's not related to uh, any uh, block of uh, games. Uh, he said uh, a lot. It really bothered me in the press conference. But he said it wasn't related to a specific block of games. Okay. What he's trying to say is like, it's not because we just lost four in a row. And you're going, well, then what is it? Because like you just said, you're three points out of first place in your division. Why would you do something like that? I don't understand. Why would you change your coach? Just your coach and one assistant coach. It's not the whole coaching staff. Just one guy or two guys. Why those guys? What have they done? There's got to be more to the story. I feel like there's got to be more to the story. Uh, There has to be more there, but it doesn't look like it. And like, not only are they... uh, they're, they're like you said. They are three points out of the of first. They're one point out of second, and they're tied for a wild card. Like the only thing keeping them out of the wild card is a tiebreaker. I'm not sure which one because I haven't done all the math. But like, they're not a terrible team, and they're four six and one. Or sorry, four six and zero oh in their last ten. It's like outside of those four losses, they had six in a row. What? What is going on here? I don't know. It's very bizarre. Very bizarre. But, and, and the thing is, he been, he's been thinking about this for a while. They've been talking about this for a little while. What the hell has Jared Gallant been doing that you really need to fire him and you've been working this for a little while now? Uh, I don't know. He coached a, an expansion team to the playoffs for the first two years in existence? <laughs> to the playoffs and the Stanley Cup Finals in, in two years. What, not even in year one, and then like could have made it in year two if not for like a bogus call in, in the playoffs that they have a rule now for to prevent. Yeah, to prevent. You're right. Uh, I don't know. That what that just really it surprised me. So I wanted to talk about it. It surprised you and just about everyone else because it, you're right. Like, yeah, they lost four in a row, but like, you go fire your coach after that. Crazy. That seems strange. All right, good job by you guys. We'll see how that gets you. Big time so, snap decision. It seems to me anyway. Big first decision made by that franchise, right? Like, yeah. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um. Do you have another one? You have one yes, more, you said, my right? last one uh, came to me via social media. It's all social media, but someone put it, put it in front of me. Gotcha. And this is from Ad Gen for Hockey saying, they asked for pictures of puppies, then got mad at a picture of a puppy. So this is the, Det- the Detroit Red Wings uh, Twitter feed saying, um, please send us pictures of puppies. This is uh, uh, leading up to the game. Or at 8.05 p.m. on January 14th. As so the day of the murdered, game. Yeah. And then the Islanders... Send them a picture of of um, radar or Tory. No. Yes, Tory. Sorry, sends a picture of Tory, and they say classy. Are you mad? I I don't know if that's a, that's a thing in Detroit where they go like, cool, thanks, classy. Is is that what they say in Detroit? Because usually when you say classy and just classy, period, that doesn't mean a good thing. No, 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 no. It's like oh, like that's classless because. No, I, what do the Islanders? What was the caption on the picture of Tory? Nothing. There's, there's just a picture of Tory. That's it. I want to find this exchange. I'm not saying I don't believe you. I'm just saying I want to look. I want to look at it myself, just because I. Let I, me share my screen so you don't have to go searching. Oh, It'll better. make it a whole lot easier for you sure. and for me and the entire human race. Because there are people dying. If you care enough for the living, anyways, that's a whole thing that I got into on the phone the other day. 
so there it is. It's a picture of Tori. That's it. That, that's it's yeah. There's no caption. It says please send the and they did. I don't. And they did, and they got mad. I don't. Understand. Why would you get mad? That's very bizarre. Because the opposing fan base sent the picture of their dog. I I don't. Is there something that you're not supposed to do? Uh, it's a guide dog too. I, I don't. That's very yeah. strange. It's very it's strange. Not just some random dog. It's the dog that they're training or, or helping to train be a guide dog for people who need it. And they're like, "Wah, losers! Thanks for nothing, jerks." What? By the way, you, while we're on the subject of the uh, social segment, can yep. you tell the story that was so popular on Twitter the other day of you and the telemarketer? Uh, so they call me saying that my social security information has been compromised and people are using to, uh, I don't know, steal things. And so I want to be clever, and so I, I, I try to troll them. Keep in mind, I'm not really good at trolling. Okay. I, I don't know how to do it properly. I'm not very clever when it comes to that. Anyway, so I'm, I'm waiting there, like, chuckling to myself. Hey, I'm going to get them. Uh, and, and it gets to the phone, and I go, uh, uh, it's your social security guy. Uh, we're looking. Anyways, mm-hmm. the guy on the other line obviously knows I, I'm just trying to troll him now. And so he just starts singing uh, Heal the World by Michael Jackson. He's like, um, how does it start? Heal the world, make it a better place. And then I clue in right away that he's singing that, and we just go and riff for like three verses. <laughs> and, and we're just singing it. But then he ends it by saying like, oh, cool, do you know the song? Yeah, I know the song. I've just been singing it with you for three verses, buddy. Beep, hang up. Oh. Ruined it. Ruined a very magical moment by saying, do you know the song? Do you know yeah, the song? Of yeah, of course. I, I just, just sang, sang the whole thing. word for word with you. Oh. That was a classic stuff, Mitch. I love it. And I, we had to bring it on the pod for those who didn't see. It ended about as well as I deserved it to end. Perfect. So that's it. I didn't have anything else. So we're going to do a quick plugs and then get on out of here. So wherever you're listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe so you know when new content's coming out. Give us a rating and review. That'd really help us out. We appreciate all the love and support from each one of you listening. You could also follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary and why Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. You can like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. You can also uh, download the app, the Eyes on Isles app, available for iPhone or Android. You can visit the website, eyesonisles.com, for all your New York Islanders needs. And lastly, if you're interested, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles for Islanders postgame podcast, a weekly mailbag show, which we're about to record right now. And uh, extra content there. So definitely worthwhile checking out if you're interested. Mitch, episode number 126 in the books. It was a fun one. I had a good time with you. It was a good time. It ended well with a troll gone wrong. Gone well. Gone well. There you go. So thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. Hopefully this is the last time you'll hear this ad. Because with Chime checking account features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts or at least grab yourself an extra morning latte this month. Join millions of Chime members who work on their financial progress with fee-free overdraft and no monthly fees. When you find new ways to save... You can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. 
Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals 24. That's chime.com slash goals 24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.